Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm Wendy Bartz, Director of Sales and Services at Driver Reach. I'm excited to be your guest host this week in Jeremy's absence. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver's life cycle. As we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. We appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're listening to. I'm so excited to be chatting today with a good friend, Jesse Burnett, Chief People Officer at Hirschbach. Hirschbach is one of the largest refrigerated fleets, and Jesse has been with them for 11 years. Uh, they're known for the most innovative and modern fleets in the country. Uh, and I have had the pleasure over the last couple of years to actually visit Jesse and her team. Uh, in Iowa, and we're going to chat about just what she's doing with driver recruiting and retention programs uh, and be able to share some of those tips with you. Welcome to the show, Jesse. It's great to see you. Wendy, it's so great to see you again. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. So today during the conversation, Jesse, we'll talk about Hirschbach's focus on driver health and wellness and how that focus has changed the fleet, especially when we think about the last last uh, 18 months, right? And how that driver recruitment environment and retention has changed. Um, your recruiters, I'm sure, have felt burnt out at times. So we definitely would like to chat about those things today. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, sounds great. Let's go ahead and get started. Awesome. All right. The first thing that I'd love to hear from you, and, and hopefully I can even learn a little something from you, but what got you into trucking? And of course, what got you in the world of driver recruiting? Oh, gosh, you know, Wendy, my background, it came from um, kind of HR and also sales. And so when you put those two things together, I think you naturally get recruiting of truck drivers uh, or recruiting of some sorts, at least. And so kind of my background just led me to find a position um, here at Hirschback. And uh, 11 years later, here I am. Yeah, that's awesome. And tell us a little bit about just your team in Iowa and um, and the recruiters that you've been able to work with. Oh gosh, my team's amazing. So everybody across the entire company from, you know, our HR team to our wellness department to our recruiters, uh, we have a lot of amazing people across the entire organization. Um, most of our recruiting team is here in Iowa. I've got a couple different offices. I've got one in Dubuque, Iowa. We've got a few recruiters over there, rock stars. Sioux City is kind of the core of our recruiting office. Um, we've got about uh, 15 or so that are in this office. We've got a couple of in Minnesota and a couple down in Kansas City. That's awesome. All right. I have to ask this question. Chief people officer. Yes. You have to tell me more about that because I don't think anybody in the industry <laughs> has that title except you. So I'd love to hear more about where that all came about. Yeah. Well, I mean, recruiting and trucking and HR, it's more than just, you know, your, your technical HR side. And it's more than just driver recruiting. It's all about the people. Um, and really digging in. I mean, kind of we we want to make sure that we care. We go above and beyond. We make it happen for all of our people. It doesn't matter if it's a driver on the road or somebody in the office. Um, we think, you know, all of our people here in the office and across Hirschback have that trucker work ethic. Um, and we share the same beliefs that we're all in to win. And so really, it's just about building this culture of people and making sure we're fostering and nurturing it. Uh, across the entire organization. So not necessarily putting it under an HR bucket or a recruiting bucket or a driver bucket, but it, it incorporates all of them. They're all included. So we take care of all of our people in this, in this lovely Hirschback and chief people officer. That's what I'm responsible for. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So how has that played into just that driver health and wellness um, this last 18 months for you? Man, it's been a whirlwind. The last 18 months, I'm sure it's been like that for everybody out there. Um, New adventures that we never thought we would have. I mean, our, you know, kind of focus for wellness with our drivers is something that we truly believe sets us apart, but also we truly believe that you know, the health and wellness goes into the safety of our drivers. And safety is one of the most important things that we value at Hirschback for our drivers. We want to be able to do anything we can to help our drivers stay happy and healthy while they're on the road. So we have people who are helping with, regardless if it's, you know, somebody who's trying to quit smoking uh, tobacco, or if they're trying to lose a few pounds for their physical. Um, We can help them with, you know, managing their diabetes, uh, getting a two-year med card instead of a one-year med card. Um, and so well, health and wellness is something, whether it's, you know, mental uh, wellness and, and physical wellness, we want to make sure that we're here to help everybody and support them, both in the office and on the road. Did, have you incorporated anything different because of COVID? Um, maybe something more remote that wasn't there before, and it's something that will stay long-term for you? We realized that we can do a lot more working remote than we ever thought we could. I mean, going back to when COVID first started, you know, try, thinking about being virtual in our offices was was something that was, we think we can pretty much do anything, um, but to really actually do it and to do it successfully, we had to put a lot of things in place, you know, whether it's technology and, you know, we had people who didn't have internet at home or maybe people who didn't have a, an office space to work at home. Um, and so there's, you know, we were doing everything from taking offices, desks out of the office, moving them into people's houses, putting them dual monitors. Um, And so we learned a lot about ourselves that we can get through pretty much anything. We did go virtual and had everybody out of the office for quite a few months. I probably say it's about six months where we didn't have anybody actually in our offices working. Um, So I think learning that about ourselves was was pretty impactful. And then a lot of our learning management systems that we do for our drivers, we went from doing, you know, a three to four day orientation to being completely virtual and being all online, uh, except for with the exception of the road test. And they would come in and do that in their trucks. Um, We did drug tests before they came. We had them do everything before they'd arrive to orientation. And pretty much here's your here's your truck, do your road test and and you're ready to roll um, after they completed everything at home. And so I think for us, I mean, we we learned a ton about ourselves and learned a lot about what our drivers are willing to do to, to be with us. Are you going to stay in that remote orientation setting, you think, long-term? Yeah, well, maybe not 100%. We've got about 50-50. And so we do a lot of it still um, online, Wendy. And so a lot of our modules, we we keep them online. Because the the other part, too, is that the drivers can go back to them. They can go back to the information and relearn it. Or, you know, sometimes when they're in an orientation classroom setting, there's so much information. It can be very overwhelming for people. Um, You can only retain so much in that three days of orientation. And so having those modules, you can go back and, and learn at your own pace or get a refresher whenever you want to. That's something we'll definitely keep. Yeah, absolutely. I learned recently that you have to have, you know, you have to hear something seven times to retain it. You have to hear it in five to seven minutes in short stints. So that's good that you're kind of picking up on on some of those core things in the industry. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit to driver recruiting, because I know that's where you've spent a majority of your time. And I'm pretty confident our audience would love to just hear uh, some of those areas for you. You know, what are some of the things from a just driver marketing outreach um, have you adapted to during COVID? 
Man, it, 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 again, it's been a, a, quite the adventure during COVID with trying to recruit. I mean, uh, I think before we went live, Wendy, we're talking about having people in different offices. Um, we're used to having everybody in one office. And so when there's a new message or something rolled out, we walk onto the floor, we make sure everyone understands it, we check for understanding and we keep moving forward. But when you're virtual and everybody's at their own house or when people are in different offices that we now have, uh, making sure that we cover the information, everyone's very clear on it and going through and checking for understanding um, has been a challenge, but it's it's been a fun challenge. I mean, so that's one of the things that we're learning to do. Um, also, you know, the other thing is we have a lot of talented um, people here at Hirschback who maybe come from a recruiting or a sales background before. And so we have a lot of neat things that we're doing, uh, whether it's ideas that they came up with a different carrier or somebody that they worked with in the past that wasn't necessarily recruiting. We're doing a lot of our own drip marketing campaigns and doing some fun stuff on internally that we would normally ask for help on the outside for. Awesome. And I can vouch you have an amazing team without a doubt. Uh, did you have to train anybody in the last, you know, like, did you have to train anybody remote um, completely to do the recruiter job? And what did that look like for you? We had a few people who started right before we went virtual and that was, it was challenging. Um, but it, again, going back to the basics for us, it's keeping it simple, keeping their, their focus very narrow, making sure they have great calls and coaching calls. You can do, you don't have to be face-to-face, -face. you know, let the, the recruiter hear their own phone call, give them feedback on them. Um, and again, I mean, just little things that they can do different on each phone call makes a huge impact. And so call coaching wasn't, wasn't too difficult. And, other than that, everything else is pretty much measurable. And so whether it's number of phone calls, number of applications worked, and just really setting that expectation very clear up front so they know what to do. Um, most of the time, people want to do a good job and they want to succeed. And so letting them know what, what the threshold is and what the bar is, everyone shoots for it and beyond. Yes. What are some of, and you do an awesome job at that accountability piece. Can you give any any level of help to the industry, because this is coming up a lot right now of how do you hold your recruiters accountable? What are just some of the things that you found over the years, keep them motivated? So keeping them motivated, recruiting, I mean, unfortunately, it's it's your, as good as your last week, right? And so instead of looking at it every week individual, we, we look at a six-week rolling average for weeks, and there's a certain number where they need to be above to be at an acceptable level. And you guys know out there, I mean, it goes up and it goes down every single week. And so you have a recruiter who has a very high week and then their next week might be a little bit lower and they kind of take that roller coaster and go up and down. Um, so looking at it at a six-week rolling average gives you a better perspective and a better understanding of how they're performing overall. Um, and so every week we, we update those numbers, we send them out to the whole team. Everybody knows as an individual how they're performing and as a group how they're performing because you will have people who are, you know, uh, working really hard one week and then the next week is just all of their energy and focus went into that one week and the next week's kind of a little bit lower. Um, so looking at that has, has been something that we we use all the time. Yeah, I love the transparency. I believe in that too. The more you're transparent, the better it, it is too. Um, being in your office, I also see that you play some games along the way. Um, what's your favorite game? What's your team's favorite game? Well, um, my favorite game is foosball, and so I don't know anybody that can beat me. If they can beat me, they can have Fridays off at noon. Uh, but it's we, we work really hard. We try to play really hard, too. Um, recruiting can be very challenging. I mean, it's, a, it's again, 
it's your, you're as good as your last week, unfortunately. And, and sometimes it's just, um, you know, they're in and they're hired. The one thing that we focus a lot on though is, is retention of the drivers and celebrating the little moments. And so making sure that when we have a great phone call, we, we show it to everybody. Um, and we do a lot of like Blanco games and different um, types of activities in the office. We started a volleyball team with uh, some of the, the recruiters in the office. Um, and so they, um, break time, they go outside in the parking lot, which looks a little bit strange. They're in the parking lot playing volleyball um, and bump set and spike out there. So we try to keep it lively. We try to keep it light because it is it is a tough gig. Yeah. So recruiter fatigue, I hear quite a bit too recently. And I'm sure those games help. What are some of the other things that you have had to do to really combat that recruiter fatigue? Because it's, it's real. It, it's definitely real. Um, and, and burnout can be real. And again, trying to make sure that they take time every single day to step away from what they're doing and step away from their desk. And there's some people who might have their lunch at their desk and they take their breaks at their desk, but we really encourage them to get up and get away and go play a game or go outside or go for a walk. Um, every day you might see a, a group of people walking around downtown about 3.30 every day. They take an afternoon walk and we encourage everyone to grab someone else and go for a walk. Um, just getting away from your desk, even just for five, 10 minutes, really helps your brain reset and kind of comes back refreshed. So there's there's um, a lot of things that we do and we, we try to make sure. The other thing I, I think is really important, Wendy, is that I ha usually have a lot of recruiters who don't necessarily use all of their, their paid time off every year. And I'm really encouraging them to take that time, spend some time with their family, especially after COVID and having such a hard year, we want to make sure that people are taking time outside of work to go be with their family and friends. And typically in a recruiting environment, at least here, I mean, they hate missing a day. You're missing phone calls, you're missing applications, somebody else can take them. And so we've incorporated a buddy system where every recruiter has a buddy and you take your time off, you enjoy your time and your buddy will take your applications and, and make sure that they're worked for you. Um, because if not, I mean, you're, you're never going to leave. You're never going to want to leave. Um, but having that buddy system also gives you the ability to know that when they take time off um, and vice versa, someone's always watching your back for you. Yeah, that's a great theory. Um, so how does that work at a deeper level just from a process? Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of companies commission base, you know, how, how do they share some of that and um, and be more of a team that way? No, it's still every man for themselves. But if, if you're my buddy, Wendy, and I'm going to take today off, I know you're going to want Friday off. And so if you cover me today, I'm going to cover you on Friday. Um, and so we have pretty strict application rules and so many days that they can be touched or worked. And so we hold to those application rules. And again, it's you take care of me and I'll take care of your you when, you're, when you want to go on vacation. So it works out pretty well. Yeah, Absolutely. The the comment that you made about just engagement with the drivers, phone calls, emails, um, have you seen a shift of making more calls than before, sending more emails? Like how are from a competition standpoint, how are you you really trying to work the the engagement piece with drivers right now? Yeah, for us, the probably the main thing that we focus on is our current drivers, right? We want we want to keep not just hire new drivers, we want to keep our drivers happy. And if our drivers are happy, and if they're doing well, if they're making money, and if they're, um, you know, doing well for Hirschback, then we ask them to help find other drivers out there that would want to do the same as, as them. 
Um, and they do. They're, so the recruiters stay in touch with their current drivers. They're focused on retention, um, but they're also focused on getting referrals. And so if there is an issue that uh, a new driver comes across, we want them to contact their recruiter. We want them to work with their recruiter to get it resolved. Um, that's the person that brought them into the company. That's the person who helped them get here. And so if there's an issue, we want them to go to their recruiter. The recruiter is happy to help fix whatever needs to be fixed. And then in return, once that driver's back up and going and making money, they say, hey, is there anybody else that you know would want to come work for us? And so a lot of our phone calls and efforts that we're doing, they're maybe not focused on new drivers like uh, other companies might be right now. We're still doing those, but uh, it's more focused on, on our current drivers and our current fleet. Yeah, recruiting, uh, retention is the new recruiting, right? Just really focusing on on retaining our drivers. Um, have you changed any of that communication? Do you text your current drivers more than you used to um, to try to communicate or, or do you just internally have your system kind of drives that communication? Um, we don't have a lot of internal systems that drive that, that communication. It, it's all kind of in the, the hands of the recruiter. Um, our recruiters all have, you know, company pay phones. And so they're, you know, on top of it, they have a follow-up Friday, every Friday, they're calling their current drivers, um, making sure everything's okay, checking on their paychecks, is everything what you expected, is something missing, is something wrong? Um, and so they're highly involved in their current drivers and making sure that they stay on top of them and, and stay with them through the whole journey of Hirschback. And so recently, we just had one of our award banquets. Uh, it's our her annual Hirschback Best of the Best Banquets. And um, it was such a good experience. We bring the recruiters too so they can see and they can showcase their drivers. And so some of these drivers are so proud to be at this award ceremony. I mean, they get all dolled up. They're in tuxedos. They're, uh, it, it's a very nice event. Um, but to see the excitement from the recruiters who this is their first time going and to share that excitement with their drivers, uh, it was priceless. Um, and Wendy, to see, see some of the drivers just say thank you to their recruiters and say, without you, I wouldn't be here. Without you, this would not be possible. Um, so for them, I mean, just things like that, making sure that they're involved and they can see the bigger picture, uh, I think really helps too. That's awesome. And did you skip it last year through COVID? I'm, I'm assuming this year was in person compared to last year. Yeah, last year we kind of came up to the time frame thinking, okay, everything was just getting crazy and we were still working from home and we decided to do kind of a party at their house. And so we had these kind of cool um, different packages that they could choose from. One might be like a Traeger grill and have some grilling accessories in there and have some koozies and have a cooler. And so they could pick from different packages and we would basically ship it to their house. Uh, but it was pretty neat. So last year was was at their, each one got their own individual prize and awards at their own home, uh, which was very neat. Um, and we tried to do some things like at our current banquet, we have like a photo booth. And so last year we did like a photo booth at home. And so we gave them kind of some cutouts of our heads so they could take pictures with us um, and do some fun things. And then this year was in person again. So it was amazing to be back in person. And I'm really sad that COVID's kind of ramping up again and and hoping that we don't have to go back virtual um, anytime soon. But if we do have to, we're, we're prepared. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope we don't either, for sure. You were this weekend, right? Iowa State Fair? Oh, it was so much How fun. How was that? <laughs> it was my first time ever going to the Iowa State Fair. And I'm from Iowa, so I don't know why I've never been before. But it was huge. It was There were so many people. It was uh, a bit overwhelming. 
Um, we were at the IMTA booth. So the Iowa Motor Carriers Association had a big booth there. And we got to be there for uh, part of the time manning the booth, handing out a lot of fans. We had some cowbells that we handed out. We had um, more fans, uh, all kinds of good stuff that we were able to hand out um, and try to stay cool. We had some light up cups that we people were drinking out of, and, but it was very interesting. So um, I would highly recommend going if you guys have never been before. There's a giant butter cow. Uh, there's all sorts of cool stuff though, some Clydesdales. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very, very nice. A lot of cool concerts. Um, it's something that we've never done before as far as like a recruiting event. Um, but recently, you know, we started hiring some trainees. And so we want to just get out there in the community. And a lot of the farm kids already have their CDLs. Uh, so in the IMTA trailer, there's um, a simulator that a lot of the, the kids would come in and they knew how to drive it. I had it in manual or automatic. They would ask to have it in manual and they would drive that um, better than some of the adults that would come in and drive. So highly impressive. That's awesome. And did you did you have a booth there? Like, were you using it for a driver recruiting event too? Yeah, we were using, uh, we actually used the IMTA booth and we just had a tent outside with them. Um, and so we would have people come in and go try the simulator, come back out and talk to us about whether they were looking at a trainee option, coming in as a trainee, or if they were already an experienced driver. And there was a lot of drivers there. Yeah. Um, so the next generation group, I've, if you've, I'm sure you've heard of them at this point, but you know, they're really going after that next generation and, um, you know, do you see yourselves getting into more of the college high schools, uh, and those types of events in the near future? I do, Wendy. I think, I think, you know, for us, I mean, we're, we're missing a gap, right? There's people who come out of high school and they're going straight into a different type of tech school. And because they're not at the legal age to be able to drive a truck, they're not choosing trucking. And so they have to go somewhere else first before they can choose trucking. And so um, not necessarily to have them come drive for us right away, but we want to be able to plant that seed and let them know that that is an option. And it's an option that can pay really well. Um, they don't necessarily have to go off to a four-year college. They can go to, you know, tech school or they can come to Hirschback. I mean, we have our own CDL training program now that we're hiring people from anywhere in our dedicated areas. Go get your permit, give me a call, and I'll get you set up with an orientation class. And so for us, we really want to make sure that people know that we're an option out there, but also, you know, there's a lot of other options if you don't choose Hirschback, but you can still get into trucking and transportation. Yeah, Absolutely. Are, are there any other events this fall that you're planning on attending or someone from your team? We have lots of events we'd like to, we'd love to attend um, without, you know, knowing what's, what's going to happen with COVID. Uh, nothing is set in stone yet. Um, there's lots of other events that we'd love to, we'd love for all the COVID to go away and to do all the things. Uh, but right now we're going to be a little bit more cautious and take care of our office staff and our drivers out there and make sure that we're supporting them first. Um, you never know what's going to happen. But in the event that, you know, kind of COVID dies down, we'd love to be out there again. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And um, we have some too that we're hoping to still attend, but we're just kind of waiting each month and see what happens. So it totally makes sense. Well, Jesse, this has been so much fun and insightful conversation. I have learned even more about you and I really appreciate you taking the time to just share some of these uh, events and tips with our audience today, I guarantee they pulled at least something away that they can change um, and make their process better. Sounds great. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Taking the Higher Road. 
Remember, you can submit any question or comments, including those that appear uh, in the deeper dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're listening to. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.